Welcome to the Behind the Connection podcast, the podcast that covers all things internet and technology related, the good, the bad, the complexities, and the realities. We talk about it all right here on Behind the Connection. I'm Tyler Rasmussen, and I'll be your host today. We have had some exciting news in the last couple weeks here in the Uinta Basin as we had uh, the Deputy Undersecretary of the USDA here to visit strata and make a wonderful announcement about a 23.6 million dollar grant loan to build fiber in the uina basin to 3,000 remote locations so on today's podcast we want to get together with a couple of our uh, guests and discuss a few of the details about that announcement answer a few questions that have came up from the announcement and get into a little bit more detail so with me today in studio i've got uh, john bingham he's an engineering supervisor from strata networks and i've got dusty olson the owner-operator of Big Run Ranches. I want to welcome them both here today. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. They look like look like they're having a, a great time. <laughs> um, I want to give them both just a moment to introduce themselves, and uh, and uh, we'll dive into the topic just a little bit. Johnny, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, John Bingham, I've uh, born and raised here in the Una Basin. Uh, left for a few years for schooling and everything, and uh, was very happy to make it back. I've been with Strata for about 12 years. Uh my wife and family, we live here in the Una Basin, and, and we're loving it here. Great. Thank you. Dusty. Yeah, Dusty Olson here. Um, I was also born and raised here. Um, I left for, for just a short period of time, but moved home and uh, married uh, Carol here from the Basin. We have a family of five, and we, we enjoy living here and plan to live here the rest of our lives. And we didn't plan it this way, but we have a couple of Neola's finest sons here, right? <laughs> well, I don't we're, know. <laughs> we'll claim that we're from Neola. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Neola will claim you too, and they would be proud to have you for sure. We didn't plan it that way, but that's the way it worked out. So we're really glad to have them. Yeah, so um, glad to have these two both here, and, and we hope that we can take this opportunity to to uh, get a little bit more detail about what this um, reconnect, this USDA reconnect program announcement means to um, internet customers here in the Una Basin and customers of Strata Networks. So, um, John, in your role and capacity, maybe talk a little bit about how you've been involved with with this program, this process. Well, it definitely is a process. The USDA uh, made these funds available, made an announcement to uh, uh, I guess a little over a year ago that they were going to open up this program with the goal of expanding broadband out in these rural areas. Uh, with that comes a lot of the, you know, the rules and regulations um, to uh, distribute the funds uh, the way that they should be. Uh, Strata got involved and uh, worked through the process. It's pretty, it's a, it's a lengthy process. It's a very competitive process. Uh, different phone companies and and uh, groups throughout the country have all applied for it, and so um, the uh, applications were due last summer. We got those the application in, and uh, we're very happy to finally get it announced uh, just a few weeks ago, just a week ago. So, so, so maybe talk briefly. How how big is this fund? What's the what's the specific purpose of the fund? Uh, so this is called the Reconnect fund and uh, there are uh, 600 million dollars set aside uh, that were allocated to this program uh, which is pretty big and they that program was divided up into three different categories uh, people could apply for a grant a grant loan or a loan uh, strata applied for the grant loan 
50-50. And it's a big deal for us. So... $23.6 $23.6 million of a $600 million annual fund. That's a fairly sizable chunk that's coming right here to the Uinta Basin, right? You're absolutely right. right. Uh, to, to actually get that large of a portion of the, of the, of the pie right here in the Uinta Basin, it is a, it's a big deal. So a team of yourself and what, three or four other individuals from Strata worked on the application. How, how long did it take to complete the application, get it submitted? Did you feel all along that it was kind of a shoe in that we would get the funds? <laughs> Maybe talk, talk about that process just a little bit. Oh, there, we, we speculated a lot, you know, whether we had a good chance or not. Uh, <clears throat> definitely didn't want to get our hopes too high, but we worked hard as though everything counted on it, you know, and, and we, um, it took us a couple of months. Uh, it was a it was a big process. Um, the <clears throat> I guess to give a little explanation of what it, what it, the program is and how you qualify for the funding. Um, in order for an area to qualify for this funding, it has to be an area that cannot get ten megs, ten megabits a second for, of internet. Can you put that into <clears throat> terms that? I mean, mm-hmm. most consumers hear the speeds that we reference, but they may not necessarily know exactly what that means. Like, can you quantify that in terms of like the number of Netflix streams that they could simultaneously stream or something of that nature? Yeah, it, it'll vary. Um, you might, you, you, you'll get away streaming with streaming a, a Netflix video, um, basic online searching, you know, nine megs of internet, uh, um, you know, just the basic internet of, uh, needs can kind of be met with that speed nothing beyond that right yeah and then when you get into a situation where you have multiple devices and two or three different devices trying to do the same thing at the same time typically nine megabits per second is is not going to suffice right as it, you've indicated it'll handle basic broadband functions internet functions but it's just not going to have you help you have a, a, a great internet experience you're right? exactly right you'll you'll be frustrated a lot with uh, less than 10 megs you're going to be frustrated a lot especially if you have a few kids in the home that have their devices the devices are regularly trying to do to do uh, upgrades and uh, upgrade softwares and uh, they're wanting to stream on their devices and uh, <clears throat> like I said you meet some basic needs with those with that those speeds but you're going to be frustrated so if we can pause that thought for just a minute, you were talking about the the locations that could qualify for the the grant loan, this reconnect program. But let's maybe back up and from a consumer's perspective, let's ask ourselves, why do those locations even exist to begin with? Like, why are there locations in the UNA Basin that, under a federal program, meet a definition of insufficient broadband speeds? Can you talk about from your engineering perspective, you're the one that's seeing the Strata Networks plant as a whole. Why why do some of those locations exist? You know, what are some of the difficulties of okay. providing better broadband speeds in the UNA Basin? Well, uh, we are putting broadband on cable that was originally intended for phone lines, um, and these phone lines uh, over copper, traditional copper lines, have been distributed throughout the UNA Basin. And by the way, they were funded through USDA many years ago. Um, uh, much of them were. And uh, now as technology advances, we are now trying to get internet over those same copper lines. Uh, And basically, the longer you go, the further distance internet travels over a copper line, uh, the more that the signal drops off. And so 
which really impacts a rural area where uh, these lines were perfectly good for regular phone lines. Uh, now we're trying to do this whole new technology, and uh, it works to a degree, but it's got its limitations, especially the the distance issue. Yeah, that, that makes sense, right? Um, I think Strata Service Territory is, what, about 8,000 square miles, and, and uh, about two customers per square mile is what we end up looking at from a so we're definitely in a very rural part of the country that um, both federal and state regulatory bodies, the FCC and the Public Service Commission, deem as a high-cost area to provide services, correct? That's exactly right. There's, it, it is very expensive to get these uh, lines, whether they were copper or fiber, to build this infrastructure is extremely expensive. Okay. So before we dive back into the, the piece about which locations qualified, let me ask a question again. So is Strata just kind of sitting back waiting for federal programs to pay to build these networks to locations in the basin, or is Strata proactively building no networks with their own? Yeah. You know? We've, I would say uh, Strata has been very proactive. Um, we've been building fiber optic networks uh, for a, a long time. And, and uh, maybe, yes, we've been building fiber to the home. We have... Uh, over 8,000 locations with fiber to the home or the business. Uh, but we've also been getting fiber out to, uh, we call it fiber to the node. Basically, we run a fiber line further out into the, the, into the network, and we put a, a, a node out there. Um, and what that does is it shortens the distance that the Internet is traveling over the copper lines. So we've, we've done beyond fiber to the home, we've done a lot of fiber to the node in order to you know, uh, get that internet out closer to the customers. Okay, so we use the term fiber a lot. What does that really mean for customers? What are the benefits of fiber? Why do I care if you bring fiber to my <laughs> location or not? Well, there's some basic technical reasons. It's it's uh, su a superior technology. Um, over a copper line, you're sending an electronic signal. Uh Anytime you've got electricity, you've got different challenges. Uh, you can get influence from other power sources. I mean, a, a power line running close by or a, um, even a, an irrigation pump turning on and sending out influence can, can affect a copper line, as well as, obviously, corrosion, water infiltrating into the lines. It's, uh, there's some management issues that, that, that our, our crews have to deal with. With fiber optics, you're sending a light signal down the cable. Uh, you don't get the power influence. Uh, you uh, you have a very quiet, solid technology that really has no limitations today. You know, it, it meets and exceeds our needs today as far as technology. We can send different light waves that that maximizes and and multiplies the amount of, of, uh, of capacity. Uh, capacity that yeah. a line can hold. I'm trying to just, you know, not mm -hmm. get too technical, but, mm -hmm. but over one fiber line, which is about the diameter of a human hair, you can send many gigs of, uh, of internet speeds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's wonderful. And we're going to come back to like how, how fiber is beneficial to an end user like Dusty Olson at Big Run Ranches. We're going to come back to that, but but really, broadband and and the most advanced broadband in the world delivered over fiber optics 
is is necessary for all things education healthcare business economic diversity all of those things correct that sometimes we take for granted um, because we have the connection at, at nearly well all of the UNA Basin schools for instance but um, yeah we'll we'll come back in a minute and we'll ask you know Dusty we'll have him weigh in on how his family's using internet and uh, how his usage patterns or habits might change with the availability of fiber. So let's jump back to your original explanation. You were talking about areas that you identified to apply for. They had to be under 10 megabits per second. Why don't you continue down that path just a little bit, Johnny? Okay. Uh, yeah. So our, our, I'll explain the, the process that we went through. Um, first of all, we went through the entire uh, network, the Stratus network, which includes UNA, Duchesne counties and the, Eastern uh, Wasatch County <clears throat> and mapped the areas that meet that criteria uh, that cannot get 10 meg. Uh, it was pretty extensive, quite a, quite a few of these areas, the outlying areas. And uh, uh, once we established all of the, the mapping that uh, identified those areas, we then had to uh, prioritize and choose because uh, our needs exceeded what was what we were going to be getting for this funding, basically, uh, and so we had to go through a process of prioritization, decide which uh, areas to focus on. Uh, once we were able to do that, uh, we worked through the through the uh, application and applied for the the areas that we could. So, are these areas basin wide? Are they? I mean, where are they all located? How can a customer go look and see if they happen yeah. to be in one of those areas? Yeah, and I can't uh, say this enough. Go to stratanetworks.com slash reconnect. There's a good landing page that has the map of the uh, areas that were awarded. There's some basic information about the program. And so I we can say that definitely stratanetworks.com slash reconnect to go to that landing page. And you can see where where these areas are. Okay. So some common questions we've gotten since the announcement took place is it looks like I'm right outside of the area. Why I don't get I don't get more than ten megabits per second now. Why was I excluded from this program? And you you alluded to that a little bit, but maybe emphasize again why some locations are, are right on the edge and maybe they weren't included in this particular round of funding. Okay. Um, if you today cannot get ten megs and you don't find yourself in one of these reconnect areas, uh, it's, it, that is some of the, because of some of the process that, was, that we went through. Um, as, as well as other things, one of the reasons is the application criteria. We actually had points. That it, it, your application jumped up because of certain criteria. Um, so as we went through these different areas, we had to target why where we could get more points, you know, where there, we got points for more farms, more businesses. We've got points for rurality, meaning uh, the less homes per square mile. Um, so taking all of that into consideration, we were shooting for the best application we could and still get the funding. Um, so that's, that's where we're at. Uh, so it's probably important to note to the listener that there is a round two going on right now, mm -hmm. right? The application window is open. An additional $600 million is available, correct? Exactly. And I assume Strata will be applying? We are right now Again. in the thick of it. We're we're spending a lot of hours right now on Reconnect round two. So 
I, so now publicly, everybody is in the same boat as we are. We're working hard for it. We're going to put forth the best application we can. And we have high hopes and, uh, it will be enormous help for our area. If we can, if we are successful in reconnect round two, the large majority of areas that were not included in reconnect round one will be included in round two. There'll still be some out there that, uh, uh, just won't fit this, this round, but, uh, the large majority will. And so I guess we need to be clear here. It's not, it's not a foregone conclusion that strata will be awarded in round two. We're applying with the hope and intent that we would potentially be also, or again, um, awarded an additional amount that would help us build to more locations. Yeah. I, I, I definitely want everyone to know that strata is doing everything possible to try to, to, uh, improve our chances of getting additional funding to get out to these more high cost areas. So a couple of, a couple of critical questions that come up because, you know, it's natural for, um, for us to look at this map and say, Oh, I'm, I'm not in one of these areas. I'm a little frustrated with my internet speed today. Why should I be happy about, you know, the folks that are in this highlighted area, that are going to get the service. How does this benefit me if I'm not actually in one of these areas where fiber will be deployed? Yeah, that's a good question. Especially if, as you go to that landing page, uh, stratanetworks.com slash reconnect, and uh, um, you'll see how chopped up the areas are. There's, they're, they're funny shaped. They're, they're, to, to anyone else, it probably doesn't make much sense. But the bottom line is uh, that's, that's how it looks, <laughs> where the areas that don't get 10 meg. And some people might have been carved right out of it. You can see that the reconnect area just carves right around you, <laughs> and that can be frustrating. But uh, uh, one thing that a lot of people need to understand is this funding, uh, yes, it benefits these areas that uh, were awarded, but we need to take fiber to those areas. So we're going to be bringing fiber and passing a lot of homes uh, that are outside of those reconnect areas. So there's some indirect benefits that are major uh, that'll bring fiber to the front door, the front yard of, of a lot of these homes that weren't in Reconnect. Um, so that's one group of people. Another group is, yeah, just the, you know, you're not, you're not near a Reconnect area and, and, and you weren't awarded. Uh, Strata is continuing, as we have been, fiber overbuilding. We're, we're building fiber out to these areas. So... Be confident Strata will continue to build. This reconnect is just on top of that, and, and we'll be building out continually. So, so what you're saying, once again, important probably to emphasize is, if I heard you correctly, you're saying Strata is not going to now just focus on building these reconnect areas and put aside or put on the back burner the, the fiber builds that they've been doing the last several years, you're saying this these reconnect areas will be in addition to the current workload that Strata's yeah, this, managed. This right? is a major acceleration, is what it is. I guess uh, one way to put it is that Strata has been cash flowing the fiber overbuilds for the last several years, you know, just doing the best we can with with the cash flow that we can generate, <clears throat> and uh, which is great, but it does, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. It's, it's, it's as much as we could do. And, uh, which is a lot, it, it really is a lot where I, th I look around through the country and see what other telecom companies are doing. And I'm proud of what Strata is doing mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, but we've got limitations. It's expensive. It's very costly. And so we will continue doing that. And this reconnect has been 
a tremendous boost to, and it's going to be on top of and accelerate what we're already doing. And once again, to probably state this in more manageable terms, Strata has been targeting a thousand new locations a year, which I think you mentioned previously, a thousand new fiber locations per year. And with this, with this reconnect award, that number is going to be pushed up to the 15 to 1600 locations per year. Exactly. Strata has or will accept a commitment to build to these additional 3,000 locations over the next five years. So, so once again, important to emphasize that Strata is not replacing its workload with this reconnect um, program obligation. We're just accelerating, as you said. We're going to get yeah. more locations that much quicker. Great. Okay. So, when are you going to get started building? Well, I'll tell you, Strata is chomping at the bit. We want to get going. Um, uh, Right now, uh, I'll tell you where we're at right now is basically we know we got uh, offered this this loan grant. There's still a lot of steps that need to happen. Uh, there's agreements that need to be signed. Keep in mind that, I mean, it's great that Strata got uh, over $11 million in grant, but Strata also got uh, over $11 million loan that we need to repay. So there's some significant work, financial work that we need to do to satisfy USDA's uh, requirements. Uh, on top of that, there's environmental work. This is federal funding. Federal funds require environmental work. Um, we are moving through this as quickly as we can. And it is, it's going to take some time. Uh, and right now, I, I can't say exactly when it's going to happen. Um, I'm hoping this summer is what I'm, I'm hoping for. There's just, there's just still quite a yeah, lot. I know there's, there's several of the strata employees that are going to be participating in a training, um, in the next few weeks that will be bringing in different companies that have been awarded, um, funds through this program. Uh, and, and I, I'm sure you'll get more answers to questions there. And, and as we have more information, we'll be supplying that to, to strata customers, correct? We, we are taking a ton of questions to this this uh, USDA workshop that they're providing to the awarded companies. And uh, we hope to get a lot of answers and better timelines. And uh, and yes, I th we'll be giving more and more information out. I'm assuming this landing page will be a good place to give more and more information out to, to the public. So. so great, yeah. So one last question before I get to that. I think we want to emphasize to the listeners, there's there's a lot to this conversation. And if there's elements of this conversation that we have not addressed, we would definitely invite you to um, send us an email, question, comment on this post. Let us know if there's uh, additional information that we can try to respond to. You can send us an email at podcast at stratanetworks.com or, or like I said, comment on this post. And we'd be happy to try to provide additional information. So last question. When, when Strata provides a fiber connection to a home or business in the Uinta Basin with speeds of up to 1,000 megabits per second or a gigabit per second is another similar term, how is it different than a Google fiber connection that is so highly lauded and celebrated <laughs> in places like Salt Lake and Provo and other locations? How is it different? Or is it different? Well, I don't want to say it's the same. I would say it's better. Um Strata Networks, uh, we provide even more. We, I, uh, the um, everybody gets excited about Google Fiber, and it's great. Uh, you're, they're taking fiber in. Uh, Strata is going the extra mile um, into the home. Basically, I would say most companies will take fiber to the home, and then from there, it's yours. You 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 take care of it, and and so I I don't want to say we're the same. I, I would say Strata goes the extra mile because 
you know, the large majority of customers have this fiber and they're not sure how to set it up, how to hook it up. And, uh, so that's where I would say strata is different. Well, going the extra mile, both literally and figuratively correct. I mean, exactly. So it's, it's, it's vastly different to provide a fiber connection in a place like Provo or Salt Lake with very densely clustered homes and businesses in contrast to places like Tabiona or Aldemont or Neola or even Roosevelt or Vernal as, yeah. as a comparison. They're not the same. And so I think you are, your statement's pretty, pretty accurate. Strata does go the extra mile, both literally and figuratively. So appreciate that. Um, yeah. We're going to transition here to, to Dusty for just a minute. He's been sitting over here patiently and quietly. He's just, <laughs> he's just thinking about the chores that need to be done back on the ranch, right, Dusty? <laughs> Did you get well, up early this morning to get everything done so you could join us on the podcast? I'm sure they'll be there waiting <laughs> for me when I get home. Yeah, Dusty was Dusty and his wife were gracious enough to host us for this event and uh, this USDA announcement. Um, when we received word from USDA that we would be receiving the award, they asked us to identify a, an, a farm in the Uinta Basin that would be one of the benefiting locations from this program. And... Um, Dusty, Dusty, your name came to the top of the list immediately. You happen to be in one of those areas, and uh, we've known you for many years. You've been a great, loyal customer of Strata Networks. In fact, you used to work for the organization. What, what's it been, 10-plus years ago now? Yeah, it's been about probably about 10 years. I was employed by him for probably seven, eight years. So, Yeah, so relationship. Uh, we reached out to Dusty, asked him if he'd be um, willing to host us, and at the time we were we were asked to keep it somewhat confidential. So I couldn't tell him a lot and just say, said, Hey, can we have an event at your place and bring a bunch of people from DC in? And, and, you know, Dusty's a great guy. He said, absolutely. What do you need me to do? So maybe tell us a little bit about your experience of hosting that event and what it was like. And we appreciate your willingness, but yeah, give us a little background. Well, thank you. Um, it, it was a good time be, because things needed to remain confidential for a little bit there were some surprises out there for us, but as, as the process went on, um, I mean, we, we worked with your crews, your personal crews and whatnot to obviously get things cleaned up. I usually don't keep the barn that clean. And, <laughs> but uh, so your, your, your barn is very clean for a ranch <laughs> barn, that's for sure. People can see that in the video, that's for sure. Well, it, it, it looked good when we were done. Um, but, but it was great to have the USDA out there and, and DJ Lavoy coming out and, and Mr. Parker with the USDA. They, they were they were very gracious to us, very kind, um, very thoughtful. The the U, the crew of the USDA, Jamie, and was very good to my family, and 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 went through a lot of a lot of different things. And even even since the event has been over, they've reached out and sent us cards and and a couple of small gifts. So we had a we had a good time. Got got through some of the unknowns and was able to relax a little bit. But but I I felt like things went well, and hopefully. Hopefully it met the goals that, that they had. Oh, it went fantastic. Like I said, Dusty was a fantastic host, and he's got a beautiful, a beautiful setting up there in, uh, I guess, White Rocks, Hayden, Neola area. Um, beautiful ranch, but it is a location that's actually quite a, quite a ways from our serving nodes. It's a location that's difficult to serve when you're talking broadband. Um, I know over the years that you and your family have leveraged broadband probably to its limits in terms of what Strata can provide. Maybe talk just a little bit about how your family uses broadband, and it's probably going to for most for most of our consumers, it's probably going to sound pretty typical. But talk a little bit about how you guys use broadband, and maybe some of the limitations that you've seen with your service over the last few years, where you've kind of been held back by by what Strata can't deliver. Yeah, we 
We do live at the end of the row where I live, and it's it's quite a ways away from from almost anything. And and for for years, um, our options were um, through the through the uh, satellite internet. Just losing my mind through the satellite internet, and there were obviously problems with that. And and it it was better than no internet by far. And then. Um, to have it run through the copper lines and over DSL and stuff like that, that was a big upgrade for us. But we even even where we are, we live at the end of the copper line and a long ways away. And and so to to be able to have something like this come in is is going to be great. And and to be able to use the, the grant and and the loan and whatnot. I mean, it's I come from the construction industry, and it is not free to to put the infrastructure in to provide customers with something like this. And we use it a lot for uh, I we have some children at home doing homeschool and not only homeschool, but even for homework for those who are attending public schools and things like that. And, um, we, my wife uses it, uh, to even, even a grocery shop and, and to do a lot of the shopping because of this. I mean, where I live, you don't forget bread and milk. It's a long ways back to town yeah, to get yeah, that. You're, so, you're 30 minutes, no matter which way yeah. you go to get another load of milk, right? Yeah. No matter where you go, it's, it's a great distance. So, um, things like that. And even, even for the business, but more, almost more for a personal use that, that this is, this is going to be great. Um, and, and a great addition to us. And, and, and we, we use it quite a bit. Dusty's pretty modest, but I know a little bit about his situation. He's got a, he's got a high school sophomore, correct? Yep. He's got a high school sophomore that, that, uh, I guess he decided he's not that interested in ranching, right? <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's much smarter than I am. <laughs> but, uh, and you fill in the holes here that I'm going to leave. But it sounds like he got interested in currency trading online, correct? Yep. And uh, so he went through a program over the course of several weeks to become certified as an current, online currency trader. Is that correct? Yep, that is correct. He and my wife now my wife also does that and participates with him. And so they're actively doing that today. They're, they're doing currency trading. That's yeah, cool. and, and in, a, in a situation with currency trading, um, just fast and quick speeds on, on the internet and whatnot are, are very crucial because some of that stuff yeah. happens just in split seconds when you have to make decisions and things like that. So absolutely yeah, important. Yeah. So another thing he didn't mention is his wife, Carol, is an absolute fitness and health guru and nut, right? And she runs a little, uh, I can't even really say little, but she runs a, a spin cycling and health class out of the backside of your, your. Um, I can't even really yep. call it a barn. Your, well, it's your a barn. shop. It's not a barn. It's a beautiful <laughs> barn. But yeah, so she has, uh, what, two or three classes a day, five or six days a week where she's running a spin class and has 10 or 12 uh, different, you know, folks that show up every, to every class and participates in that. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, you're using um, internet to to run that business to a certain degree, correct? Yeah, for sure. And and even continuing education for her, she's she loves health, she loves fitness, she's she's certified in that now. So to continue her knowledge in that, she's always on the internet re- reading up on and studying different aspects of that and and yeah, to to run her to do the spin classes and things, reaching out to to some of those customers. Um yeah, it's it's a big use. You know, when we sit down and Sometimes we think we don't use the internet, but when we really sit down and and maybe go through a normal day and like we use it a lot. Oh yeah, we use it a lot, a lot more than we think we do. Right, we rely on it. So, and this might be a bit of a hard question because you don't know yet. But how do you see things changing 
when when you get fiber to your home and have basically access to unlimited bandwidth what do you what do you what are you going to do with it got some exciting plans i know you mentioned putting cameras out in the barn to help you with calving and a number of other things what what, what other ideas have you had or what are you considering um that <clears throat> those are going to be some of the main ones and and now that we know that it's coming and that it's going to be an option we can even explore more of those options but there are a lot of a lot of different things that that you can do either um because we live in such a remote area, I mean, we worry about security sometimes. And, and I mean, no one's around to report anything if, if we're out of town and gone. And so we have, um, we've ex- um, experimented a little bit with just security cameras and they're, they're run through the internet. We can, we can watch on our phones what's going on at home when we're gone. Um, um, and, and then also even in like cameras in the barn or in, uh, watching cows calve or livestock or or predators even around some of the animals and stuff like that we can we'll be able to view that and and it'll be more reliable than than what we currently have and yeah it definitely will yeah fiber is an upgrade on copper for sure well i think it's been a great conversation gentlemen i appreciate you guys weighing in um you know it's, to summarize you know it's 23.6 million dollars that's been given to the UNA Basin as a grant and loan to, to provide fiber to some of the most high-cost locations in the basin that Strata is serving, and um, 3,000 locations are going to benefit from it. And uh, to, to John's points, once again, to emphasize, this is not going to uh, supplant or replace Strata's current work. It's going to accelerate it and be on top of the, the current workload of, of 1,000 new fiber locations per year. So just great news for the UNA Basin. Um, there very well may be some additional questions that listeners have, and we would once again encourage you to drop us an email or comment on the on this uh, this post, and we'd be happy to try to address those in a future podcast or um, in the post. So anything you two gentlemen would like to add before we wrap this up? Well, I think we can't emphasize enough how big a deal this is. This is huge. These these areas, you know, for, for me in the engineering group at Strata, we look at these areas and we we wonder how in the world are we ever going to do this the costs are way too high and uh to actually have a now a pathway to get this done is a huge relief and and it's exciting and uh we can't get started fast enough yep absolutely and additional details to come after you attend yeah, we've your, got a, your usda yeah i wish we had more I, I, I we've got a lot of questions that we have and we wish we had more information but right now we're we're just trying to go through all of that and and uh once we get final word that we can go we're gonna go yeah that'd be great all right we want to thank the listeners um uh, this first time maiden voyage on our strata networks behind the connection podcast we plan to do a few more of these so we'd love to have your feedback on what topics you'd like us to discuss and once again if you have questions pertaining to the reconnect program the locations that will be served or uh, anything we haven't covered today drop us a comment or shoot us an email at podcast at and once again thanks for listening <laughs>